Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. All I'm saying is, you have never tasted cheese until you've had it fresh out of the pod. My sister, just before Christmas, was over at my mom and dad's house. And mom had made cookies. Oh, classic. I know. It cookies was Chris- for mom. Cookies, Christmas time cookies. And so mom said, hey, Dina, have a cookie. Roger, have a cookie. Taste the cookies. Tell me they're good, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So dad takes a bite of the cookie. My sister takes a bite of the cookie. And my sister said when she took the bite of the cookie, <laughs> she looked over at my father because she needed to know if what she was tasting was true or false. Oh. She looked over at my dad. My dad took a bite and he goes, yeah, yeah, these are good. What kind are they? And my mom looked at my dad and she's like, they're peanut butter. Peanut, they're peanut butter okay, cookies. That's, they're that's your favorite. A pretty unmistakable flavor. My sister texted me and she was like, Jen, mom forgot the peanut butter. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're left with, she's what is like, that, like a sugar cookie like at a that brown, point? It was like a brown, because she made some with brown sugar. So it was like Ooh. a brown sugar cookie. Okay. So. But that's still tasty. She tells me this the day before I flew out there. Uh-huh. So on Christmas Day, when my mom passed the platter of cookies, she was like, here, anybody want a cookie? I was like, I am not taking those with the fork print on the top. <laughs> I mean, there's so many of them. I mean, it, you'd think that it wouldn't hurt just to leave out one of the ingredients in your recipe. But there are certain <laughs> ingredients that are really, really important. And if you've left one out, you can you can fess up. We'll yeah. only laugh a little bit. A lot. My sister and I, we were in our teens and we were making cookies for my dad for his birthday. And one of the ingredients we missed was baking powder. Uh-oh. The cookies came out, according to my dad, as hard as hockey pucks. <laughs> He goes, I tried dipping them in milk to soften them up. He goes, I about lost teeth. (laughs) You got to soak that in the milk overnight. We even threw them outside thinking, okay, you know, maybe the birds might have better luck. Nope, they didn't. When we heard Kevin's story, I kind of wondered, maybe he was just super tired when he made this mistake many times. Oh, yeah, because it's not exactly <laughs> that he forgot an ingredient. Instead of forgetting an important ingredient, I actually forgot a step in a process. Oh, okay. uh-oh. Yeah, something as simple as mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, probably three or four times I've forgotten to drain the water before oh. jumping in. The cheese, and uh, let's just say mac and cheese soup is not very good. It's like it's like a ramen bowl. Mm. <laughs> kind of, but it's nasty. When you're young and you do that, you don't want to throw it away. No. <laughs> Spent a good 69 cents on this. Who am, I, who am I fooling? When you're old and you do that, you don't yeah, want to hey, throw it away. You never know. There could be a supply chain issue with mac and cheese. Oh, no, don't say that. The cheese dust farmers may be on strike. <laughs> You know, they have to pick the cheese pods off the tree every morning and crack them by hand to get just a tablespoon of powder. It's a lot of work. No! Children, if you are listening to him right now, Taylor is not telling you the truth. It's organic. This is called a joke. That cheese powder is organic. Some kid is going to go into school and he is going to tell his teacher about the cheese pod farmers. <laughs> 
And we're going to get fired. All I'm saying is you have never tasted cheese until you've had it fresh out of the pod. Oh, you look forward to it with anticipation because it's going to be so good. And then you get one ingredient wrong. My dad was making gravy and he thought he had the flour, but he couldn't figure out why it wouldn't thicken because he kept adding more and more. He was actually using powdered sugar. <laughs> oh, boy. It was an interesting Ew. gravy. Mm, if you some... didn't expect it to taste like gravy, it was actually pretty good, and I think it would have gone really good with, like, sweet potatoes or something. Yeah, that's, like, that's like beef frosting, basically. <laughs> We're Taylor and Jen, and... Oh. Tissue alert. Tissue alert. Tissue alert. Tissue alert. We need to warn you, because... We're in the middle of Warm Your Heart, granting free furnaces to families in need. And uh, this one, this one's going to require some tissues. Yeah. We are talking to Tammy and she's going to tell us about who she nominated. James is the most quiet, unassuming, humble, hardworking man that I can even imagine. And he has been coming to our church for a number of years now and We knew him for months before we even realized the situation that he was in. Um, James came from Myanmar and has an incredible, difficult story above what you can even imagine of how he got here. And about the time COVID was beginning, James was able to return to Myanmar, got married, but his wife, Julie, was not able to come with him at the time due to COVID restrictions initially, then more recently because of massive social unrest. So she's in a very dangerous situation right now. And there's lots of folks in the U.S. working to get her here with her husband where she belongs. So what's going on with his furnace? Sunday in church when I mentioned to him that we knew that Julie had an important appointment coming up related to her ability to come over to the U.S., We started talking about the weather and the cold, and he mentioned just kind of as an aside that the furnace in the home that he'd purchased recently had gone out the day before. He wasn't asking for help or anything else. He just mentioned that the space heater that he'd borrowed the night before was having a hard time keeping up with it. And my fear, just knowing how he is about everything else, is that to replace that, that he will get pulled into taking out a very costly loan that is not what he should be spending a penny of his money on right now Mm -hmm. when he's working to get his wife over here safely. And this is just something I was compelled to nominate him for. Well, I'm really glad that you did. We all are. And ah, I'm going to cry already. (laughs) Brian wants to tell you something. Well, um... Thanks for being the church and being the community, but we we want to grant him that system and let him focus on what matters most, which is oh boy, <laughs> God, we're, we're, we're all crying. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna <laughs> even squeak like a girl on that one. Um, we're gonna take care of that furnace and uh, let him fight for what matters most and get his wife back here. You know, so we can do that part. You guys are so amazing. This is just more than I could have ever imagined. Thank you, thank you so much. You have just made my month. Oh, I'm glad awesome. to hear it. You've made ours. <laughs> thank you. Science says two-thirds of people, when they hear a bump in the night, they're the getter-upper. Mm-hmm. One-third, make somebody else getter-upper. <laughs> you go. And then there's another part that they're like, you know, we don't even get up. So 
We just want to know which of those categories do you fall into and what are the strange things you have found when the bump in the night happened? I am the sole getter-upper, but sometimes I just leave it till morning like you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's recently, I got a, a brand new bed and my daughter decided, oh, she was tired. She was just going to go to sleep in my bed. I came to bed much later. I was half asleep, and I heard a big clunk, and I thought, ugh, what's that? I'll deal with it in the morning. So in the morning, when I went to get up, I was having to climb out of bed, literally climb up, and I thought, the the aging is happening. It happened overnight. I can't get out of bed. So I finally got myself up out of bed, and what the clunk was is the bed had broken on her side. (laughs) The bed, it was lifting. (laughs) That's why I had to climb out because my side popped up. Hers was down and she's tiny. (laughs) Literally an uphill battle getting out of bed that morning. (laughs) You hear a bump in the night. Mm. Science says... Two-thirds of people get up and are the getter-upper, and they take care of it themselves. Another third of people make somebody else do it. And then there's a scattering of us that don't get up at all. So we want to know, which one of those are you? I'm the getter-upper. You're the getter-upper. Okay. One night, one o'clock in the morning, the horn on the fan started beeping intermittently. And so I put up with it long enough, and I got up and looked thinking somebody was messing with the car and come to find out the next morning my husband had fallen asleep in the chair with the fob in his pocket <laughs> and he was hitting the button in his sleep are you kidding me i was all freaked out for nothing how you- often did it go off all night long oh it was like every two minutes it was beeping for about an hour and a half oh my and then it wow. quit so he must have changed positions in the chair downstairs so which are you? The study says that two-thirds of people are the getter-upper. And then there's another group of people who make somebody else get up. And this is when you hear a bump in the night. And then there are those people who just don't get up at all. I'm really embarrassed to even say this, but oh. it's been a few years ago. Heard something downstairs. Couldn't figure out what it was. And I said, Gina, go check that out. Yes. And it ended up being our high school basketball coach up in Story City. They, their water heater went out. And I told them, you guys, they got a big fam. I said, you guys just come over and shower anytime you want. And it was them showering downstairs, but we didn't know what it was. And I just said, Gina, go check that out. Oh, no. So That was, yeah. What what time of night were they showering in your house? Oh, I don't know. It was 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, something like that. And you go to bed at 7? We ended up not going downstairs, neither one of us. And the next day, the coach said, hey, thanks for letting us shower at your place. You had a whole family showering in your house. And you didn't know? I'd kind of forgotten. I'd kind of forgotten. (laughs) You're going to get bumps in the night, right? We've all Mm -hmm. experienced them. Question is, do you get up? Are you the getter-upper? Or do you designate somebody else to get up? Or do you just lay there and let it happen? Sounds like Dave didn't even have much of a chance for his bump in the night. Sometimes the noise comes to you. And uh, we've had some bats over the years. But one time I just heard the fluttering right there in the bedroom. Oh, boy. And I'm like, I think there's a bat in the room. So I had to (laughs) whisper to my wife, hey, just pull the covers over. So I get my standard (laughs) tennis racket in the right hand, baseball glove in the left hand, welder goggles. That's the gladiator setup. Yeah. Now, I've had to hit one 
in the attic with the tennis racket, but this one was just on the door frame. I just had to squeeze it, and then I put it in the garbage or put it outside. <laughs> that was all it took. Or, or, <laughs> a little baseball squeeze. So you told Joan, hide under the covers, and then you were the knight, the white knight in shining armor, armor yeah. with a baseball glove. Yeah, it's not the third time. <laughs> one of the things that we talk about a lot amongst ourselves here at our office at Life 107.1 is food. You know, that's know something that- we all have in common is we all eat. We all do. We Everybody do. Eats. I bet you, you and your friends talk about food or you're in your office mates too. It just seems to be something that we, we chit chat about. Mm-hmm. So the other day mentioned to all my friends here at Life 107.1 that we got a call about this Swedish dessert. And so I decided to make it on New Year's Eve for some of my friends. It's called... Ustakaka. Which is a great name <laughs> for anything. It's a super name. And it's such a great name that I decided that I wanted to make it, especially when I read how easy it was. So I was explaining to my friends here at Life 107.1. So I made Ustakaka and there's some leftover in the fridge in our kitchen. And our friend Luann, who is in the office right next to us right now, she was like, oh, Ustakaka. I, I had never <laughs> expected to hear that phrase. I know. She was like, oh. And I was like, what? 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 What about Ustakaka? What's the thing? And she's like, my Swedish grandma used to make it all the time. I love Ustakaka. And as she started talking, I started realizing, I don't know that she loves Ustakaka so much because of the taste. As much as she does because... It's the memory. It's the memories. It's It's, grandma food. It's grandma food. It's exactly what it is. There's something really special about grandma food. You know there's a food that's attached to those memories of your grandma, your grandpa, or great aunt, or great uncle, something like that. And you're just like, oh. Even if grandma made it hard as a tack. (laughs) Like, oh. Biscuits. (laughs) All this started when... A listener called and mentioned Ustakaka. Not a food I had ever heard of before in my life. It's a Swedish custard dessert. He talked about it. I went home and made it. And I told our friend Luann about it, who instantly was like, oh, Ustakaka. And I was like, whoa. She's like, my grandma used to make that. And that reminds us, there's there's always a food that's like associated with your grandma. Mine is a food that I remember sitting around the kitchen with my grandma preparing, and it's green beans, the fresh snap green beans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to snap the ends off of. And what's funny about that is that my grandma, she was this tiny little lady, but she had full sets of dentures. And what was so funny is every time she would snap a a green bean, she would pull a piece off of the end that she snapped and stick it in her mouth. And the sound of it crunching was so different in her mouth than any other sound that I've ever heard before. And I still hear it ringing in my ear when I think about it. It's just the funniest. It's like got this reverberation thing. And it was just wild. And I never forgot about that. Plus, it was just a time where my grandma and I, she was someone who shaped my whole spiritual life Mm. as a young person. And that time sitting around just snapping and green beans and talking with her was one of the warmest, most special memories of being shaped by her. Hey, Bonnie, you've got some grandma food to tell us about. My grandma on my mother's side used to babysit for us when we were way little, like I was born five years old or whatever. But I remember 
she would always ask us what she, we wanted for lunch, and I always told her chocolate pudding because I loved her chocolate pudding. Mm. She made it oh. We always ate it warm with whipped cream on it. It was so stinking good. And, Yum. and my grandma on my dad's side always had homemade chocolate fudge that was just phenomenal or oh. chocolate cake with fudge frosting. Every time we went to her house, she had that. And... To this day, I'm a chocoholic. Go figure. <laughs> Your <laughs> grandparents were big out. on chocolate. Oh, I'm telling you. So were my parents, and so am I. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with that. Now, Sherry, you have an interesting experience with grandma and grandpa food. When I was young, and I would stay with my grandma and grandpa overnight, then in the morning, we'd get up to have breakfast, and it was uh, kind of a dicey situation because my grandma always made oatmeal, but my grandfather made cream of wheat <laughs> with <laughs> sugar and cream on it. Yeah. And so, who am I going to eat with? Well, <laughs> you know. You had dueling you know. hot cereals. Right. <laughs> and every time we got up in the morning, I could just see my grandpa grinning as he's stirring it on the stove because he knows I chose that over grandma's oatmeal. It was one of the weirder photos I had on my timeline scrolling through Facebook the other day. Okay, that's saying a lot because there's some weird stuff out there. I know, and it wasn't from one of my friends. It was actually from an author who I really enjoy and I follow. I was like, okay, is this like about your new book or something? Is it, I'm trying to figure out. It looked that weird? Well, it's... So there's like a, a box and then there's a flip-flop up against it and a whole bunch of string like all around this flip-flop. A flip-flop? Like what you put on your foot? Like a shoe, yeah. Like a flip-flop a shoe. A flip-flop in a box and string? And then his caption for this says, Hey, Dad, I'm making a trap for burglars, so I nailed your flip-flop to a box. Don't touch it. <laughs> Is that his kid? His his child, apparently, <laughs> doing some Home Alone things there. And uh, the flip-flop is very important to catching burglars. Yeah. That's what happens when you leave a child alone. Sometimes the child comes out and says something to you, and you're like, oh, this is trouble. We can use the word harbinger, right? Yes. Because... We know what harbinger means. The, the harbinger of doom right, but the, means that it's a warning. <laughs> the kids that give us these warnings, they have no idea what a harbinger is. I come from a large family, aunts and uncles, lots of cousins, and I was a tween. So I got the privilege of sitting at the table with all of the grown-ups and listening to them talk about things. Next thing you know, um, my younger cousin comes running out from the bedroom and he says, we're not doing anything. <laughs> immediately runs back into the back bedroom. And, of course, the parents look at me and they're like, Lee, you better go check that out. Oh, no. oh that's on you. So I walk into the bedroom and I see they had gotten out the fishing pole and were casting with actual lures. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh. And had managed to cast the pole and snagged my youngest cousin snagged her sweater oh no yeah nobody got hurt but um it was so funny because they were desperately trying to get her sweater unsnagged from a treble hook of a casting bait and they thought quick go out and tell everybody all's clear that'll buy us some time he could have asked for anything else i would have made him chicken parmesan Mm -hmm. beef bourguignon i mean i would have made it but no, my kid, 
looks at me and and he asks me to make the one thing that I'm really I'm just kind of embarrassed at because I have tried and tried and tried unsuccessfully to make this. It never comes out right. And so mm-hmm. I had to look at my adult son and go, eh, try again. <laughs> so <laughs> the no. one wrong answer is the one you found, <laughs> sir. It's an omelet. I can't make omelets. You know. I cannot make omelets. I can't decide when, it, it, should it be really hot to start off? Or should it not be hot? Mm. I can never get it not looking like a scrambled egg mess. I, yeah, when I do omelets, it starts off looking really good. I'm like, this is going to be the one. And then like the middle cracks open. And so I just yeah. end up with like, I just try to shape it like a rectangle. <laughs> it's like, it's shaped like an omelet. It's just a little bit messier than an omelet. I'm like, I go to these, like these restaurants breakfast places, you know, hotels that have the rest. And I'm just like, that is false advertising. Nobody can make them like that. They have the omelet bar and the guy can just like flip them like a pancake. I'm embarrassed to try to make omelets in front of anybody else. Three out of five Americans say that they are embarrassed because there is a certain food they just can't make. I can't cook rice. You can't make rice. No. Really? Rice, it's pathetic. And I'm a really good cook. I make a lot of things homemade, like muffins when our bananas are too ripe. I've made homemade bread. I made chicken pot pie from scratch the other night. Ooh. I even have a rice cooker. I can't cook rice. Wait a minute. You can't make so the sad. rice in the rice you cooker? You can't make it in a rice cooker. No, I can't. It always turns out underdone or like crispy on the edges. <laughs> and the first time I ever made rice, it turned out like mashed potatoes. <laughs> and oh I'm my. just scared to make it. It's, it's not good. <laughs> have you ever tried instant rice? That's what turned out like mashed potatoes. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Science has let us know that three out of five of you are embarrassed because there is one certain dish you cannot make, and I am one of them. I can't make an omelet. I can't. I can't make an omelet to save my life, seriously. Do you have a food that embarrasses you, Bethany? No, it was just my dad. Growing up, he always burnt macaroni and cheese. Oh, boy. The one from the box? Yes. Oh, my God. Not me, my dad. Well, okay, I know. It's not you. (laughs) We've established it's not you. (laughs) Definitely your dad. Did you grow up thinking that it was supposed to taste a little bit burned? Actually, kind of, yes. (laughs) (laughs) When was the first time you had non-burned macaroni and cheese? Probably when I made it. (laughs) When you made it. Well, man, this doesn't look like Dad's, but it tastes better. Dad, I can't get it crispy like you. I don't get it. Crispy mac and cheese. Science says three out of five Americans are embarrassed about the fact that Mm. there's this one food that they just can't do right. And Mary has a really unique situation with hers. I have five kids and I can make a killer grilled cheese. Like, I I can do that Mm -hmm. until I make it for my husband. For some reason, I burn his every time. Every time. <laughs> Just your husband's. Just my husband's. Like, I can make my kids, like, 17 grilled cheese uh-huh. until it's my husband's sandwich. And it's only one side, and so I flip it over. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> That's yours. And I think he's just, like, we've been married for 15 years now, and I think he's just, like, grown accustomed to it. Like, oh, Mary's going to burn my sandwich because yes. that's what I do. Like, We're going to cut her a little bit of a break, yeah. right? The pan's already pretty well preheated at that point. That's probably You're, the reason why that pan gets awfully hot. That's the problem. She's searing them. You, uh-huh. you, don't, you don't need to be searing a grilled cheese sandwich. You're going to tell a mom of five how she's supposed to make her grilled cheese sandwiches, Taylor? No. <laughs> that's definitely not what I was doing.
Yeah, me neither. I was just hold on. You have a you have a ladder. I need to trade it out for the shovel I've been using. <laughs> the Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.